Welcome to another edition of GBB Live. We are going to have multiple episodes this week. I was uh, it was my pleasure to talk with the uh, beat writer for the Grizzlies uh, through the commercial appeal to Michael Cole uh, earlier this weekend. But now I am ecstatic to talk with someone that I've had the joy of getting to know over the past few years. He's a producer and podcast host for Let's Be Real Media and is the beat writer for Bluff City Media for the Grizzlies. His name is Parrish Sharkey, and he's been kind enough to join us. Parrish, I know that you're a popular man where it was on the Anthony Sane show earlier this week and have gotten a lot of great written content since the Grizzlies are back in business. But how's how's everything going, man? You got, you're got you a busy man on your end. Yeah, it's definitely been busy, it's, um, but it's been exciting, very exciting times. So I appreciate you bringing me on and appreciate uh, you for my kind of development. You've been the kind of key cog with everything. When I got on with the hustle, it was, you know, with you and Parker. So definitely thank, thankful for you helping me to eventually get to this point. Oh, it, 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 it's an absolute pleasure on my end, man. The, the, the talent that you've shown and then the effort and the, the hustle, not to, not to be too cliche, but just <laughs> overall, man, it, it's awesome to work with you. You're, you're a joy to talk with as always. I just thank you for taking the time to join me, but uh, obviously you can find a, a lot of Parrish's great work. Uh, we're glad to talk about the Grizzlies because as being Titans and Vols fans, both on our end, there's not much to talk about on the gridiron. Yeah, yeah. So glad, glad basketball's coming back into focus. But Parrish, let's kind of, you know, get your thoughts on that. You know, we've had plenty of storylines that have come out over the past week. You know, we're coming up on a week since Media Day. Training camp has occurred. Before we get into some specifics, the main storylines, Ja, you know, the Stephen Adams injury, you know, Marcus Smart, Derek Rose, things such as that. But just through your interaction with the team and, and what you've seen over the past week, what are maybe one or two underlying storylines that you think could gain a bit more significance as we go through the preseason when you look at this team starting their preseason action later tonight? Of course, one off the top and just going to the open practice yesterday, Santi Adamo and his development. You know, we talked about Jake Lareffield, the Zaire Williams, the David Roddy's, and all, you know, the wing spot. But I did mention in my media day takeaways article that Santi could be positioning himself to be starting at the three because he did start a game or two SMR four last season. He did allude to the fact that he could play positions three to five. He said he's he does believe he's naturally a four, but I think the potential of him playing the three is there. Now, defensively, that's where the knock comes with him. And I, even yesterday in open practice, he had a block on Jerry Jackson. So I did see some glimpses, but it still it was just an open practice. But just judging by how he played in feeble play, I think it's very intriguing to see what Santi can do. And another underlying storyline is the point guard position. So when me covering the hustle last year, I got the pleasure of covering Jacob Gilliard, who led the G League in assists and assists per game last year. And he eventually got promoted to a two-way contract. So seeing how the point guard situation is, I could see him kind of getting some minutes and proving to be very valuable because he his game reminds me a lot of Tyus Jones. And remember what Tyus Jones was able to do for the Greasy. So I could see Jacob Gilliard kind of etching his name to – getting a little bit of playing time on the main Christie's roster as well. Agreed. Agreed. And, but, but, and, and, and that was something we'll discuss because, you know, with Mark, with the news that Marcus smart is going to likely be out tonight, he may be out for much of the preseason with the uh, update about, you know, him dealing with some, you know, a, a minor uh, abdominal injury. We'll discuss that in just a moment, but let's focus on Aldama a bit Parrish, because, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, what combo forward between Zaire, Laravia and Roddy may take, may take a Santi type leap this year that Santi took last year. But I think another way of looking at that on the flip side is what if Santi 
takes another leap. And when you look at the fact that we're going to be without Brandon Clark, when you look at the fact that, you know, we're still kind of trying to get an idea of where exactly Steven Adams is, Santi Aldama is going to have a significant role on this team. I think that he's going to clearly be one of the first two guys off the bench, probably with Luke Kennard. And he obviously will be a spot starter at times too, if there's any injuries in the front court. But you talked about it. I think with, with Santi, what it starts with is offensive versatility. We saw in FIBA, he can do some stuff on the inside. He's getting more savvy with that. We know he's got a bit of playmaking, some rebounding, but his shooting is what took off last year. That's what makes it even feasible for him to be a three potentially in some lineups. Just if we see another step forward for Santi, what do you think it looks like, Parrish? I think potentially double-digit scoring off the bench, like a 10, 11, 12-point per game score. I expect kind of him and Luke Kennard to be like the bucket getters off the bench. That's your two kind of offensive sparks that you have coming off the bench. And really just entering his role, hopefully playing even more minutes and playing a lot with Jaren. So hopefully you get a lot of Jaren Santi minutes, hopefully, and hopefully get better rebound at some point between both of them as well. But I think, and another key nugget about Dylan Brooks leaving, Dylan Brooks only averaged like two rebounds a game, and he was like 6'8". So if you can get Asante, Jaren, and Zaire, for instance, just a – you know, average more than it, <laughs> a whole lot more collectively. I think that helps the rebound, and you won't have to depend on Jaron as much to get better in that category when Stephen Adams is off the floor. And, you know, Parrish, I, I, you've been around the hustle. You've been around the Grizzlies, obviously. You've seen kind of Santi grow in as he's gotten with the team. There also is just a quiet confidence about him. You know, yep. it, it's not something that, you know, he, he he he's someone that, you know, when you see, you don't hear a lot from him other than when he's in interviews and things like that. But you go back to two years ago versus you go back to how he was at Media Day this year. There's a clear confidence. Santi Aldama knows that he is a critical part to this team, and he knows that he is on the rise. Just do you see that, you know, growth in him? And, I, and to be honest, I think that that is a big reason why we've kind of seen the breakout we saw last year and could see another one this year. Definitely. You definitely see the really up. Yeah, he was up taking confidence. And I think, of course, last season was really – a really good step forward. Now in the playoffs, not so much, but a lot of things are going on. You had Steven Adams, had Brandon Clark out, all the, you know, the whole nine yards. But playing it feeble, and although he came off the bench, which is probably fine because it's probably the role he's going to have on the Grizzlies, but just seeing how they used him being really the versatile offensively, it's like that was the next step forward. And guess what? He comes in the can- uh, training training camp already in shape, and that takes, that takes you another level as well. So him and Jaron coming in from feeble play, Despite how Jaren may play, Santi played really well. And I mean, he's he's about to take off. It's about to be a pleasure to watch, especially with Brandon Clark missing pretty much. I think he's gonna be out the whole season. So Santi taking a huge leap. I mean, that the sky's the limit. Speaking of Brandon Clark, you know, you've been at Media Day, you've been around the Grizzlies over the past week. You were at open practice yesterday. Your thoughts on how Brandon Clark looked? I mean, I know I, I'm no medical expert. I'm not going to sit here and assume what medical knowledge you may have as well. <laughs> but just from, you know, an observational standpoint, you know, do you think that, you know, we're talking about, you know, sometime around the All-Star break, do you kind of get, you know, a gut check feeling of it, it, even if he does come back, it's it's probably not going to be back to the normal Brandon Clark this year? Just what's your kind of assessment of what you've seen from Brandon Clark over the past week? Well, so he didn't come out for media day to speak with the uh, media, but at open practice, he did walk. I mean, he, I mean, he just tore in March, so he was like limping, but he 
didn't have a boot on. He had the boot on during practice, during before the open practice, but during open practice, he did walk out with regular shoes. But I mean, when he first tore it back in March, I knew he's probably out for the rest of this whole season. Because when you tear a dead late in the season, uh, Achilles tear is pretty much a one year injury. And once you consider his game, how he plays, he relies on athleticism. That's that's a whole year. And even if he were to come back mentally, because his game is predicated on that, it's different from like a Kevin Durant or, you know, football Cam, Cam Akers that tore his Achilles and came back. He tore in training camp and came back in time for the Super Bowl. That's it's different position and he literally jumps. <laughs> that's his game is jumping, athleticism. And for you to have the type of injury, you're hoping he becomes the player he was, period, for the rest of his career let alone this season, but I don't see it this season. Even if he's fully healthy, he has to mentally – that you have to get on the mental block. And it makes me think about another player on our team, Derrick Rose, when he tore his ACL. He was medically clear to return that later that season after he tore it in the playoffs the year before. And mentally, he just was going to get back to actually playing because his game predicated on what athleticism. So I don't expect him back this season. That that that's certainly fair. You sir, you want Brandon Clark to be back as soon as possible, right? Because because you know how special a talent he is, how just awesome person he is. So so you're hoping to get him back as soon as possible. But you have every reason to make sure that it's done right. So take as much time as needed with the injury that he had. Speaking of injuries, the news came out yesterday that Marcus Smart was not at open practice. He's dealing with again a minor abdominal injury. Likely will be out for at least part of the preseason. When they worded it that the news is he's not supposed to be miss any part of the regular season. We know that uh, over the past few years, Marcus Smart has dealt with various injuries at times. He's a veteran. He knows how to you know get prepared. I don't expect to see him much at all in the preseason, but Parrish, that opens up opportunity for others. But before I get into the specifics of what that looks like, what does that look like for you? Marcus Smart not being available for the Grizzlies, what does that mean, especially for that point guard position that you talked about as being something that really stood out to you as a storyline this past week? It maybe hurts chemistry to start the season because he is a new player coming into the system and not having him throughout the preseason games. That's going to probably alter some things um, because he's going to be the starting point guard probably opening, opening night, granted that everything goes well. So, when the season first begins, we might be a little off chemistry-wise just from the fact that he's a new player getting integrated to our system. So I think we, we might go through a little bit of growing pains when the season first begins if he doesn't play any time in the preseason. That is a wonderful, excellent point. So to your point, so to that point, if the chemistry is not able to be formed as much as you'd like between Marcus Smart and the rest of the players, that puts a little bit more emphasis on our other potential playmakers, our other potential point guards, Derrick Rose, um, uh, uh, Desmond Bain, to an extent Luke Kennard and others. It depends on their chemistry to really stand out. This could mean that with Marcus Smart not being available, this could mean, though, that you see more of Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard taking on those point guard roles. And it also means that that's a new aspect of how they could gel. You know, when it comes to our offense without John Morant Parrish, the chemistry between Luke Kennard and Desmond Bain is going to be so, so critical. What do you think about them potentially playing more together this preseason? How do you see their chemistry continuing to grow and potentially being productive as one of the better shooting duos in the league? Hey, that's what we want. <laughs> so I definitely see it. You remember last year when Chai his first suspension, they made Desmond Bain the primary backup point guard. So definitely could see Derrick Rose being starting point guard. Desmond Bain is the primary backup. 
and him playing him and Luke Kennard. Basically, you take Derrick Rose off, slide Destin Bang over the point guard, and then bring in Luke Kennard at the shooting guard position. Seamless fit. It helps the shooting. I mean, then if you factor in adding either Santi or Jaren out there, it's just it gives you a plethora of shooters on the court at the same time. And it opens up the offense definitely to what Taylor Jenkins wanted to be, you know, really like a space and, you know, let it fly type of offense. Agreed. And and beyond that, you know, with with that, um, you know, Marcus Smart going down, the thing that does stand out is for Derrick Rose is that, you know, I think that it was fair to assume that he may have like a 10 minute a night role when it comes to what he could do. But Derrick Rose has made it clear over the past week, besides, you know, the great media day session that he had, he's here to play. He has confidence in what he can do. And to your point, if that chemistry with Marcus Martin is not there, maybe we do see Derrick Rose a bit 15 to 20 minutes a night to start out the season. What do you think about him for this preseason? He's probably going to have a bigger role than some may have assumed, especially with Smart not being available. Yep, definitely. I think I expect him to get about those many minutes anyway to start the season before. You know, just leave, you need minutes to go around before John Murray gets back and Marcus Martin can play. You know, he's naturally – he's really a combo, so he can naturally slide up to the two and play with Derrick Rose. And you can – it's a lot of different things they could do with lineups. They got a lot of different players that can play a plethora of positions. But Derrick Rose just definitely love the leadership, hoping he still – and he says he has something different tank, so hoping he still does. And I, I forgot I told – I think I said that on the same show. I, I didn't really watch the Knicks last regular season, so I can't really judge on was he watched or not. I don't know. I didn't really I, – I didn't watch enough Knicks games to know, so I can only judge by what I see from coming up this season. Horace Paris Sharkey referencing Anthony Sane's show, an excellent, excellent show. Make sure you check it out as part of Bluff City Media. Parrish was up there with Anthony this past week. Great episode. Make sure you check it out. Well, then Parrish – you know, when we talk about this Grizzlies team, I, I think that if you were to look at it in tiers to start the season, you've got Desmond Bain and you have uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. as being the stars. Those are our two main contributors. I think after that, Marcus Smart and Steven Adams are, are kind of those next important players, especially if Adams is healthy. And then after that, Kennard and Santi. So who's that seventh guy? And, and I think that just from what we've seen from Media Day, what we're hoping we see on the court, I think he stood out yesterday in the eyes of many. Zaire Williams seems to kind of be the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to that fifth starter role. The defensive potential is there, but the shooting aspect of things, if he can become a valuable shooter in a low usage role, it would go be so big of a development for this Grizzlies team. What are your thoughts about Zaire? We know that he's speaking with confidence. It seems like he's healthy. Your thoughts on Zaire entering the preseason? Hey, that was the biggest knocks on him coming into the season, health and mental uh, the confidence. And him coming in media day saying, hey, I'm you know, I'm really confident. Um, I think I've been the hardest working player on the team. And just he he has a different aura around him this season that we didn't see last year. And maybe it's just a sophomore slump. He had the injury. He also was still growing while dealing with the injury. So that definitely conflicted some things. I did like hearing them what they said about his summer plan. Uh, the reason he didn't play summer league, they just had a whole different plan for him. And whatever plan they had for him, he feels a whole lot more confident after that plan. So Definitely love to see it. And Taylor Jenkins definitely referenced during media about uh, media day about defensive versatility. And Zaire is the perfect fit of what they wanted to be. Remember, Zaire was the number 10 pick. So hypothetically, of their wing rotation, that is probably the person that they want to win this spot anyway, because he was the highest pick. He was the one they invested the most in. So things looking up for Zaire. Hopefully he does take 
uh, next step. And even even he just gets back to where he was his rookie year, that helps. But if he goes even further than that, you're talking about really legit championship contender for real. Absolutely. And, and I think that it kind of gets lost in the shuffle when it comes to Zaire kind of in the middle of his rookie season around the All-Star break. He was standing out as one of the better three-point shooters from the rookie class. He was getting some defensive responsibilities. Parrish, I want to confirm one thing because I haven't seen it. Kind of the trademark of Zaire has been different versions of the really large bottle of water. Can we confirm that that was still around him at media day at open practice? Is that still around or is that is that no longer a trademark of his? It wasn't trademark on media day, so we'll see. <laughs> Man, that, that became the go-to trademark for him. <laughs> um, but with Zaire, you know, we talk about, you know, really what is a pivotal area of development for this Grizzlies team to take the next step or potentially, you know, could be a, 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 a obstacle they have to overcome is the development of that combo forward position, not just Zaire, but Jake LaRavia is David Roddy as well. Defense, shooting, playmaking, just overall consistency. What singular aspect, when it comes to those three players, stands out to you about this preseason? Is there one thing that you're really looking at and saying, okay, of those three players, whoever does this the best really has my attention as being the key guy for that area? What aspect of their development stands out to you as most important as we enter the preseason? That's a really good question because it's really kind of a tie for one. It's because I'm, I'm really referencing back to Taylor Jenkins media day he said defense versatility and making open shots zaire defense versus defensive versatility versatility is there can you make the open shots david roddy kind of the same the defensive versatility is there can you make the open shots jacob ravia probably can make the open shots hoping he can he did say he was one of the best shooters in the galaxy so i would hope that he can take the next step and be, be one of the best shooters on the team but it's the defensive versatility there so it's kind of a tied answer between those two, because you really need both of them. To, you really need a true 3 and D, essentially, a true 3 and D player. So whichever one of those three could provide the best 3 and D method would probably be what jumps out to me the most. And when it comes to the shooting aspect of things, Parrish, you know, I talked with DeMichael. He truly thinks that we could emerge as, you know, I talked with him, what about what could be our strengths? Defense is certainly a strength, but he talked about shooting could be our strength. You obviously have it there with Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard. I'd put that duo as a three-point shooting. Um, and anybody um, besides Stephen Clay just due to their track record, I think they could stack up against anybody. But you've got Santi, you've got Jaron, you've got LaRavia and um, 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 Zaire, you know, hypothetically. When it comes to this shooting, how confident are you, especially with the fact that we're missing some paint pieces like Jaw, Tyus, and Brandon Clark, how confident are you that at least our consistency of being good there, how confident are you we can reach that level consistently to open the season? Very confident. When After the trade, Luke Kennard, who was one of the best shooting teams in the NBA. Now, of course, the playoffs, it fell off a little bit, but that's when you play the majority. Dylan Brooks played a lot of minutes in the playoffs and was missing a lot of shots. Yeah. Luke Kennard is probably going to take a good chunk of those minutes that Dylan Brooks was playing and just like that, that helps your shooting. So, so Desmond Bang, Luke Kennard minutes together, definitely going to help. You're playing Santi, probably is going to play more. That helps. So you, the sky's the limit. And I figured Jake LaRavia is going to factor in in some form or fashion. And if he does, that means he's shooting well because that's what they drafted him for. So I expect us to be, a, I, I won't say no one shooting team, but top half of the league, probably probably even top 10 because of the top two shooters you have, it, it's very possible. 
So let's shift focus a bit from talking about, you know, the, the the main guys on the roster to an area that I think that you have very good knowledge in. And that is, you know, as we get deeper down the roster, you're, you had, did excellent coverage of the hustle last year. You've been obviously covering the Grizzlies. Now you're going to be, the, you know, full time with the Grizzlies. But talking about those hustle players who, you know, have had experience with the hustle, but could could help the Grizzlies at some point this year. Vince William Jr. You know, you talked about Jacob Gilliard, obviously, um, you know, Kenneth Lofton Jr as well. When you look at those guys, do you feel, you know, this preseason is a time for them to stand out? Kenneth Lofton Jr., we'll start with him. Do you feel that he's going to be able to carve out a role for him? I don't necessarily mean it's going to be 10 to 15 minutes a night, but do you at the very least think that he's got the capability of, hey, if we need offense off the bench, Kenneth Lofton is a guy we can have confidence in. How confident are you he can carve out a role like that from the start of the season? I'm pretty confident he can. I'm thinking more of like a most spates type of role, just like you say, a bucky getter, somebody off the bench who can come in. He showed a good flashes, of course, with the hustle, but even when in his spot minutes, the Spurs game comes to mind last year in March when he scored a key 11 points that helped him spur the comeback. <laughs> Play on words, spur the comeback, but helped him make the comeback on the Spurs who was down by like almost 30. So, yeah, definitely. I, I do have belief in Kenny Lofton. What's gonna hurt him, of course, and same thing I said with uh, Santi is the defensive ver- that defensive versatility piece, and you just really going to get better on that end. And he didn't really give a good answer on media day about. I forgot someone asked him about his defense. He didn't really give an answer. An answer that was like, oh, he, he's really improving, working to improve on his defense. <laughs> so just hope for the best on that end. And then the other thing that I'll ask about this is that you know, so five games into the season. The Grizzlies are going to have that extra roster spot to fill since y'all will be out for the 25-game suspension. We've got Shaq Harrison. We've got Michael Mulder, Matthew Hurt. We've talked about Jacob Gilliard, though he'll be on a two-way contract. Do you think any of those guys who may not necessarily be in line to make the team but are in camp with the Grizzlies, do you think that one of those guys may be that extra guy that they'll have through that final 20-game stretch without jaw? Or, or have you? is there even kind of a feel of how the Grizzlies might fill that spot, you know, basically a month from now when it comes up to be filled? I really believe in Jacob Gilliard. Only thing that I, I guess I'm hesitant on saying he'll get this spot is I'm not sure how it works when Jock comes back where they have to cut him. And if they cut him, he can't be back on the two-way contract. So um, I guess I'm iffy on that end, but maybe they could just not feel the spot and just use his two-way and he just majority plays on the Grizzlies on his two-way to start the season. But I really believe Jack Gilliard, if they really truly just want a true point guard in this spot and someone who, in my opinion, remind me a lot of Tyus at bit a little shorter than Tyus, but he remind me a lot of Tyus having pretty similar games, I think Jack Gilliard would be good for this spot. Well, of course, the preseason is the time for him to be able to show that. And tonight we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. Again, this is how me and Parrish are working through our grief of watching the Titans just absolutely <laughs> drop it. Um, but let's talk a bit about the preseason. As, as again, I'm here with uh, Parrish Sharkey, beat writer of, of, of for the Grizzlies for Bluff City Media. Let's talk about some lineups that, that you might like to see. You know, the, the one takeaway that I think is about in the mind of many, some critics of Taylor Jenkins, if you will, was that he said he wanted to be more dynamic. He was he was restructuring how they were looking at the offense. He wanted to be, you know, more creative with the lineups. When Paris Sharkey looks at this Grizzlies roster for the preseason, what is a lineup or two that you really would like to see get some run that you think May not necessarily be a lot of data out there to support it, but you think could really stand out as being a productive lineup for the Grizzlies. 
So I would assume that Marcus Smart would be out. So without him, you give me a Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Zaire Williams, Santi Adama, and Jaron Jackson Jr. lineup. That's great shooting. You've got your two defensive pieces and versatility in Zaire and Jaron. I would love to see that lineup. Another lineup, and this will probably be the lineup, Derrick Rose, the starting lineup, Derrick Rose, Desmond Bain, either Zaire or hopefully Jake Rafer shows the shooting chops at the three with Jerry and Steven Adams. That kind of gives you a very solid base of a starting lineup, gives you a good mix, especially with Jacob Rapier is it. It gives you a good mix of some shooting along with some slashers and Big Steve cleaning everything up. I think that's a lot that's a very fun lineup, you know, and and I know that uh you know the first lineup that you mentioned, you know, Bang, Kennard, Zaire, Santi, and Jaron, you've also got a lot of versatility. You know, you got mm-hmm. you got some good length. I know that the rebound may not necessarily be that strong, but Kennard and Bain are, are you know a bit better rebounders than some may give credit for. So mm-hmm. I think you'd be able to hold your own. So that that's a very intriguing lineup. Let's go a bit more specific, Parrish. Let's, you know, take away, you know, Bain and Kennard, because we know that we're looking at them, you know, take away Santi and Jaron, because I know that people want to look at that as well. And Mar- we know Marcus Smart's not playing. Just another duo or two that you would like to see, you know, hey, if these two were on the court, I think that they could be very productive, especially when it comes to potential bench duos, because we know that the Grizzlies bench has been a strength in the past and the development of some depth on our roster can make them again. Just maybe a, a, a not so talked about duo or two that you think could really stand out this preseason. Mm, let me see a bench lineup duo. Give me, of course, Santi and Luke Nard be the obvious answers, but just to be a little different, give me a Kenny Lofton. About to take it back to some league. Kenny Lofton, David Roddy. I believe both of them are really good playmakers, and just having them two on the court at the same time, you're going to push tempo, and you're also going to get people that's going to move the ball and get it, get get players to their spots. That's 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 a very fun lineup to see, and I don't think anybody would want to mess with that lineup either. Mm-hmm. With, with, with with how fast and uh, and how big both Roddy and uh, Lofton can yep. play. But you bring up another great point about you know this this offense in general. In the past, so much Parish, it's been the Grizzlies up tempo, fast pace create off turnovers, get out in the open court. That's really been their offense. Hopefully that can still be the same even without Jaw and Tyus. But when you look at this offense for the Grizzlies, we talk about the three-point shooting and hopefully being there as well. Just some other thoughts that you have on this Grizzlies offense. I think defense is certainly a strength of this team. Offense is a work in progress. What stands out to you as being some aspects of the offense that you have confidence in? Like we discussed earlier, the shooting aspect, definitely expect the shooting take a leap this year because just the fact that Luke and R get more minutes. Also, just well-rounded playmaking normally with Ja. And that's no slack to Ja because Ja's, his actual strength is playmaking, right? But it just feels like when he, because he is so good, a lot of players just sit around and watch him. <laughs> so you get the team, just a well-rounded team who's going to constantly move the ball, constantly find the open man, constantly make a play. I think just the ball movie of the, of the regular team and having Steve Allen's back is going to be a huge key piece of that because he's such a good passer. And that's a very underrated skill nationally that a lot of people don't know, but us in Memphis know that just having Steve Allen's back, he definitely, he covers a whole lot that that's how last season ended without him. It was just very hard and you could, it was very telling and very apparent that he was missing. 
Got it. And, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap up with this. You know, we talk about so much about what's going on the court and things like that, but just your thoughts on the overall vibes of the team. I mean, you know, we're coming into this season there. I think that it's fair to say there's more doubt this year when it comes to this team, more doubt that you would anticipate for a team that has been the number two seed in the West over the past two years. What I mean by doubt is, is not necessarily that people think that, you know, they're going to fall off and be out of the playoffs, but more of there, you know, there's a lot of variance between where the Grizzlies could eventually wind up. But just what are your thoughts where the vibes are with this team? It seems like there's a, a quiet confidence. I'm, I'm thinking that the fun is still there. Obviously, getting job back will help that. But just where your overall thoughts are as far as the vibes and and and, and what what is the mindset of this team going into the season? Well, first off, there are, there are some people who, one of my co-hosts, who don't think they're going to to playoffs, but <laughs> I, I, you know what? I understand. I, I give you the doubt. Job missed 25 games, no Tyus Jones. I, I, get, I can get it. But the vibe around the team, Derrick Rose and Marcus Smart is bringing a, just a huge leadership. I love what they talked about and said during media day. I just feel like they are having a little fun, but they, it's more it, it's more of a serious team this year. It's not last year. It felt like it was just all fun. And they lacked a lot in different things without their true veteran leadership. Now you got some players who are going to be on you, and they expect the same in return. Uh, Marcus Mark specifically said, "Like, hey, this is this is how I was taught. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get on you. But if I'm lacking on my end, I need you to get on me as well. So it's more accountability that I feel like is going to be taking on this team. That I'm not. I wasn't in the locker room. I don't know." But it just feels like on the outside looking in last season that wasn't happening. That wasn't accountability, specifically on the court. And I feel like you got two veterans. You brought in two perfect veterans. You brought in one that's going to be more vocal. And got one that's a little more quiet, but he's a lot, he's a whole lot more vocal than he was in his career in Derrick Rose. So I think the team, the vibe is very mature like, very business, business like, and very like they know the goal. They're out to achieve this goal. Absolutely. And, and 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 that's what they were brought in for. You know, it, it was good to have Derrick Rose and, and Marcus Smart back, you know, bringing in them for their talent. But more than anything, also, you've got two veterans and, and two professionals, two players who knows what it takes to win and knows know also how to be a veteran. You know, I think that that stands out and that's what this locker room needs. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see their overall impact. So Parrish, hey, first games tonight, you're, I know you're going to be in the building covering and, and things such as that. What are you just looking forward to as we wrap up this edition of GBB Live? Just maybe a few things we we haven't discussed or just anything you want to reemphasize looking at um, the, the next uh, uh, few weeks as we get through the preseason. I'm really, really looking forward to the different lineups. Taylor Jenkins did mention during media day that he's he's going to mess with a lot of different lineups. So I'm just ready to see what kind of lineup combinations he has, which ones work, which ones don't. And, of course, the wing position between David Roddy, Zaire Williams, Jake LaRavia, even Santi Adamic being thrown in the mix there, Luke Kennard, John Conchar is still going to be <laughs> in the running, right? So just seeing who stands out the most out of the group, but – who plays well and mixes well with certain different lineups. So it's, I'm just very intrigued to see how they mix and match throughout those things. All right, so we're going to put a lightning round here for you, Parrish. I didn't tell you about this. I'm going to put you on the spot for fun. Who's the preseason MVP once the regular season starts, basically uh, two weeks from now, to three, three, two or three weeks from now? Who's the preseason MVP? Ooh. It's between two players, and both of them were drafted in the same year. You desire Williams, Asante, 
I'm going to go with Zaire, that confidence he spoke about and said he was the hardest working player on the team. We got to see it. I want to see it. If you're going to say that, I'm going to go ahead and say that you're going to be the MVP of the team for the preseason. Does Kenneth Lofton Jr. lead the team in scoring during the preseason? Mm, that's a really good question. I'm going to say no, only because Santi – Santi told Taylor Jenkins he was trying to score 40 yesterday in the open practice. So I think Santi going to take a lot of shots away from Junior. Do you think in the early part of the season, Taylor Jenkins quiets some of his doubters with the development that he's shown, especially in the offensive end? Do you have confidence that Taylor Jenkins can take a step forward this season? I'm confident he can, but I don't think he can quiet Dallas into the playoffs. Well, at least from my end, my doubt about him is in the playoffs, not during regular season. He's a good developer of talent. It's about winning. It's about making adjustments in game when it matters the most in the playoffs from, from my standpoint. Like that answer. So game winning shot. You've got to make a three. Who makes it? Who do you choose to get the ball? Luke Kennard or Desmond Bain? Desmond Bain, and I've been waiting for them to actually give him a shot at the game when the shot. I feel like every time we have a shot at the game when the shot, he doesn't get it. I believe he's from what I've seen, I think I only seen him have one game when the shot attempt, and that was against the New York Knicks last year or the year before. But yeah, I, hopefully I, Desmond Bain, he's your highest paid player for one. Now you you would want him to have this shot. Who do you think is the better three point shooter between yourself and myself, me or you? And you can be honest. <laughs> I haven't seen you play, so it's hard to judge. I know my game is not predicated on shooting. I'm more of a – I play a little bit more like a Draymond Green-ish. So I would say you, although I haven't seen you play. But I'm more of a, like a playmaker. I can hit a, a occasional catch-and-shoot shot, but I'm more of a playmaker, defense, rebound, and do all the dirty work. Yeah, that's my. I'm more of the guy that makes sure that the uh, chair at the end of the bench is nice and warm. <laughs> so I'm going to go with your shot over mine. His name is Paris Sharkey. Parrish, I know that you're going to be having plenty of great content, and, and what, the, the opportunity that you have this season is a direct result from all the content that you put out for years. So great work on that end. But just so where can people find your work, other things that you've got going on, you know, besides, you know, being the beat writer for Bluff City Media, just please let everybody know where they can find, you know, your great work and especially for the upcoming season. Yep, definitely. Just follow me on Twitter or X or like we call it LBR Twix, <laughs> the combination of Twitter and X. Follow me on Twix at the one D-A-O-N-E underscore P Shark. Really, I got my bio, Linktree, everything's from there, from Let's Be Real, Media, YouTube page, Let's Be Real Sports, uh, audio platforms for Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, any audio platforms you can list the podcast on. And I got the BluffCityMedia.co, of course, and you can follow all my work on there for writing and everything pertaining to the Grizzlies. And I'll be live tweeting from home games for from the BCM Grizzlies Twitter account as well. His name is Paris Sharkey, one of the best in the business when it comes to covering sports and things like that in general. The only thing that you should hold against him is what I hold against him. He's a Titans and a Vols fan, so he should be mm. smarter than that. All kidding aside, his name is Paris Sharkey. Make sure you follow him across all forms of social media. He provides great work, great insight, and is just an all-around great dude as well. Paris, if you'll stick with us after the show, but thank you for joining us for this, for this edition of GBB Live. His name is Paris Sharkey. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at Stats SEC. Make sure you follow all the great content. GBB Live, G obviously Grizzly Bear Blues, BCM Grizzlies on Twitter, as well as Bluff City Media for Sean Coleman and Paris Sharkey. We'll talk to you again soon here on GBB Live. <laughs>